0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Are you excited about this upcoming year? Has last year whizzed by in a flash? don't blink because this year will probably be faster. I've been told the older you get, the quicker it goes. Is that true? I thought it's still 365 days in every year but is it true they go faster it seems? Amen. You're ready for a wonderful year of 2017 with the glory of God flooding your soul and just filling your heart. Amen. Impacting your life. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of coming together in Jesus' name to study your holy written word. We invite your spirit to give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, minds that are open, to change us by what we hear from glory to glory. We expect, dear Father God, to conform to the very image of Jesus, become that for which he shed his blood and sacrificed his life. That we might live our lives upon this earth to honor you, to glorify you, and carry out the purpose that you have for our lives and fulfill that which you have called us to do. That we might glorify you on this earth, even as Jesus did when he walked upon these shores of Galilee. So, Father, be glorified in our midst. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you, dear Father God, for signs, wonders, and demonstrations. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I struggled and I struggled and I struggled and I struggled with this. I changed this message twenty times probably. Matter of fact, it wasn't this message. I changed the message I was going to preach. I can't tell you how many times it changed the message I was going to preach. But it just was one of those things. I had it written out I don't know how many times, but it was like, no, no. You know, sometimes Italians can be stubborn. Sometimes. I'm like surely it's got to be this way, surely it's got to be this thing because you know we're fasting, we're praying so I'm going to talk about fasting and prayer, well no that's not it that's not it, I want you to talk about releasing faith releasing our faith and set the stage for a year of victory in everyone's life hallelujah, amen Jesus died to give us the victory and we need to walk in the light of that victory And the only way we're going to walk in the light of the victory and overcome this world is by our faith. For this is the victory that overcomes the world. What? Even our faith. So turn with me if you wouldn't mind Acts chapter 14 verses 7 through 9 and there they preached the gospel. That's Paul and Barnabas and there sat a certain man. Notice it was a certain man. He is a certain man at Lystra Impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. So Paul and Barnabas are preaching, and this fellow hears what they're preaching, and this man we're told at this point has what? Faith to be healed. Right? Right? But he's still lying there. He's still not healed. A few questions I had to ask. What did did they preach? What message did they preach? And the answer is very simple. It had to be the gospel of healing. Because Romans 10, 17 says faith cometh how? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. How did this man get faith to be healed? How did Paul perceive he had faith to be healed? Obviously he heard him preach the gospel. It could have been a gospel like people preach today. It may not be God's will to heal you. He might not want to heal you. It may be his will to heal you. And some people say he doesn't heal anymore. Miracles are done away with. And the list goes on and on. I don't believe for one moment that's the gospel that Paul preached. You know why? The next question will answer that. Who taught Paul the gospel he preached. Jesus did. Look at Galatians chapter 1. Jesus taught him the gospel. But I certify you, brethren that the gospel which was preached of me is not of man neither for I neither received it of man neither was I taught it but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. How about that? That Jesus came to Paul and preached to him the gospel. He taught him everything he knew. Remember, Paul was not a fan of Jesus when Jesus walked the earth. As a matter of fact, he was the one to try to destroy Christianity. But Jesus appeared to him. And when he appeared to him, he was converted. He was born again. Spirit filled then Jesus gave him a good education. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine sitting down with Jesus and listening to these words in Isaiah 53? And verses 4 and 5. Surely, Paul, I bore your griefs. I carried your sorrows. Yet you did esteem me stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. I was wounded for your transgressions. I was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon me. And with my stripes Paul. You were healed. Because you have to remember. He was blind by the light. And then he got healed. And then to confirm that. He probably quoted Matthew 8. 16 and 17. And those verses are very. Obvious. That it was the fulfillment of of what Isaiah said. When the evening was come, speaking of Jesus, they brought unto him, and yet were possessed with devils. He cast out the Spirit with his word, and healed half of them that were sick. (laughs) You're right, Aaron. All of them that were sick. That it might be fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying what? Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So what did Jesus do? He sat down with Paul and said, I want you to preach the gospel, but I want you to preach it right. I want you to know that this is what I did for all mankind. Matthew confirms it. Peter, maybe he didn't write his letter yet. I don't know, but it's confirmed in Peter, 1 Peter 2.24. But the point is, Jesus taught him the gospel. And so Paul said, what I'm teaching you Jesus taught me I'm not manufacturing this I'm not making this stuff up this is what Jesus taught me to tell you on that cross he became your sin on that cross he became your mental anguish on that cross he became your sickness and your disease on that cross he became your curse and so therefore he redeemed us from the curse and all that's connected to the curse so that you could be liberated delivered and set free in spirit in soul in body and in every way in your life. And that's what he heard Paul preach. And of course, he's still lying there. Well, if the man had faith to be healed, why wasn't he healed at that point? Now we go back to the scriptures in Acts 14. Look at verses 9 and 10. Again, verse 9. The same heard Paul speak. Who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that had faith to be healed... See, he's got faith to be healed right there. But he wasn't healed yet. But Paul said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. It wasn't until he released his faith that the miracle came. You can have faith to be healed and not be healed. You realize that? You could have faith in you. Let me explain it this way. You walk into a store and you want a loaf of bread. You've got money in your pocket. You want a loaf of bread. But you don't have a loaf of bread. And you're not going to get a loaf of bread. Until you get the money out of your pocket. And exchange it for a loaf of bread. Can we understand that? Well you got money in your pocket. How come you don't have a loaf of bread? Do you have the money? Is the bread there on the counter? Is it in your possession yet? What do you have to do? Release your money and get the bread. We have faith in our hearts, but too often we fail to recognize how to release that faith so we can receive what is ours. It's called possessing our possessions. They belong to us, but now we want them to materialize and be manifested in our lives. And what does that take? The release of faith. We have to release our faith in order to receive the things that Jesus purchased for us with his blood. In the book of James, we see the same truth revealed. Chapter 2, verse 26. This is the Moffat's translation. Well, I'll give you the Moffats. For as the body without, the breath of life is dead. So faith is dead without deeds. Faith has got to have corresponding actions. Without corresponding actions, just as the body without the spirit is what dead. It's still the body. But it's lifeless. It's immobile. It can't do anything. It can't function. Because there's no spirit in it. So faith without corresponding actions or works or being released is dead being alone. It's still faith. It's genuine faith. But it's inoperative. It's inactive. It's not getting anything. So we need to learn how to release our faith. We saw the man had to leap up and walk. Actions released faith. But then there's also something else that Jesus taught about releasing our faith in Luke 17. In Luke 17 verses 5 and 6 The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard, see, you might, what? You might what? You might what? What might you do if you had faith? Say. Everywhere Jesus taught faith, he taught say. You've got to say. Say what? Say to the sycamine tree. Say to the situation, be thou plucked up by the root, planted the sea, and it should what? Obey you. Another way to release faith is through saying. We release faith through acting. We release faith through saying. And saying is probably the primary action of faith. What we believe in our heart and what we say with our mouth is key to experiencing the blessings of God. The criteria is revealed to us by Jesus in Mark eleven twenty three. 23. I know you know the verse, but trust me, you don't really know the verse. And neither do I. We're just scratching the surface on this absolutely marvelous revelation that Jesus gave us about the operation of faith. For truly, I say to you, that whosoever shall, what? Say unto this mountain... Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Now, wait a minute. A mountain? A mountain? That's a pretty huge obstacle, wouldn't you say? Why was he being this way? Why was he choosing to use a mountain? Because it's impossible in the natural. But if you say to that mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and don't doubt in your heart. Here's the criteria. But believe, what? That what you say will come to pass. You will have whatever you say. Whatsoever you say. And if that could work with a mountain, how much more can it work with some of the things we face in this life? Say to your mountain, Jesus said, you've got to say it to release it. If you don't release your money, you don't get the bread. If you don't release your faith, you don't receive the miracle. Or whatever the need might be. So actions and speech, both, are ways that we can use to release our faith. Now let's play that out in scripture. Look at Mark's gospel chapter 5. We're going to compare two verses, 28 and 34. It's the woman with the issue of blood. That's the only name we know her by. For she said, this is a woman, had an issue of blood 12 years, spent all that she had on many physicians, was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. She heard of Jesus and she came in the press behind, touched his garment. For she said, everybody says she said. What did she do? She said, what did she say? If I may but touch his clothes. I shall be whole. If I may. But touch his clothes. I shall be whole. The Amplified says she kept saying. If I may but touch his clothes. I shall be whole. If I may but touch his clothes. I shall be whole. If I may but touch his clothes. I shall be whole. If I may but touch his clothes. I shall be whole. Is that what she said? Look at verse 34. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Did she get what she said? She got what she said. Because she believed from her heart that what she said with her mouth was going to come to pass. She got exactly what she said. She released her faith with words which resulted in being healed of a plague. A plague that no man could help her recover from. And for her, that's better than removing a mountain. There was a preacher who one time heard this taught. And he went to the preacher that taught it and said, it doesn't work. I don't believe it. And the preacher that taught it said, isn't that something? Jesus said you could have what you say and you say it doesn't work. And it doesn't work for you. He got like you hit him with the left hook. And stood there and just said, I think I need to play that record on the back on the other side. Or play the other side of that record. He got it. The light bulb went on. I say it doesn't work and it doesn't work. I'm getting exactly what I say. I better start saying it works. I better start believing it works. Amen. Now let me show you two more scriptures. Just compare these simple scriptures. This is setting the stage for a glorious new year for all of us. Look at Numbers chapter 13 verses 30 and 31. They went out to spy out the land. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. God said I'm going to get you into the land, drive out the inhabitants of the land and you're going to be okay. When they came back with the report, ten spies had an evil report, two spies had a good report, and here's the report. And Caleb still the people before Moses and said, everybody say Caleb said. What did Caleb do? Caleb do? What did he say? He said let us go up and once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. What did Caleb say? We're well able to. Okay. The other ten spies that were there. But the men that went up with him said. Everybody say the men said. We be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Let me ask a question. Did Caleb get what he said? He did. Did those 10 men get what they said? They did. It works on the positive side. It works on the negative side. And God said in verse 28 of that 14th chapter, as you have spoken in my ears So will I do to you. As you spoke in my ears. What a thought. To think about what we say he hears. And that's what we get. That could be a frightening thought. If you think about it. But. It works. Because Jesus taught it. And Jesus is the author of our faith. If anyone knows about spiritual laws, I would have to conclude that Jesus does. And if Jesus said, if you believe in your heart that what you say with your mouth will come to pass, you will have what you say, it has to be true. No matter how many theologians say, I don't believe that. It has to be true. Jesus is the one that spoke this whole planet into being. The whole solar system into the being. You know the scripture says. Will you not fear me. Says the Lord who laid the foundations of the sea. By a perpetual decree and the water shall not pass over. Wait a minute. By his spoken word. All the mighty waters of all the oceans of the world. Don't cross. The sand along the seashore. And you won't fear me he says. If he can do that. How powerful is he. Imagine it. Look at uh, the book of Colossians. Chapter 2 and verse, verses 6 through 8. As you have received, have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, After the tradition of men and the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Who's the author of our faith? Jesus is. Who is the finisher of our faith? Jesus is. Well, if he is the author and finisher of our faith, it's up to us then to be established in the faith that he taught. To be rooted in it. To be grounded in it. So we can operate in it the way he wants us to. And the one who taught it is the one who also demonstrated it when he spoke to a tree and it dried up by the root. Or if he spoke to a devil and the devil did exactly what he said to do. Or if he spoke to the wind, the waves, and the sea and they obeyed him. And the apostle said, what manner of man is this that even the wind waves and the sea they obey him. Notice he said that we can do the same thing if we believe in our heart. And release it with our mouth. Now I know that's hard for us to imagine. But it doesn't make it any less true. Now look at Matthew chapter 17 verse 20. And if you got your shouting clothes, get them ready. If you have your seat belts, buckle them tight. Because Jesus revealed to us in scripture, who's the author of our faith, the finisher of our faith. In other words, he perfects it. When they asked him why we couldn't cast out that devil, Jesus said, "Because of your unbelief." Anybody else would just put their tail between their legs and just run off like a scared dog. Because your unbelief. For verily I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall what? You shall what? Say, say, under this mountain. Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove and, and nothing. Everybody say nothing. Say it again, nothing. Say it like you mean it. Nothing shall be impossible to you. Did he mean that? Is he toying with us? Think he's mocking us? Is he baiting us? Did he really mean that? Rather than trying to say it doesn't work, let's figure out how to make it work. What do you say? I know that's a tremendous challenge. But you know what? It gets to the core of our being. Think about it. Only we human beings speak words and death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. In other words, we're eating the fruit of our words every day of our lives. The words we spoke yesterday are manifesting today. Think about that statement. Wow. Something to think about, isn't it? Now, look in Psalm 103. We're going to show you why speaking the word of God is powerful and effective. And it will, it will set the course of our lives. For life or death. For good or evil. For blessing or cursing. Bless the Lord ye his angels that excel in strength. That do his commandments. Hearkening to the voice of his word. What do angels do? They hearken to the voice of his word. What is this? His word. I've got a microphone here. Can you hear it? I can hear it real good. It's not saying anything yet, is it? Mm -mm. So, what are angels doing? Nothing. Nothing. But when I say, in the mighty name of Jesus, I believe I receive my miracle, now I've got their attention. If I were to say mountain be removed in the mighty name of Jesus. Now I've got their attention. When you and I start speaking the word of God. Angels hearken to the voice of his word. It's exactly what those Hebrew words mean. They hearken to the voice of his word. They listen to the word being spoken. And they act accordingly. Which is why we're told. Don't say things before the angels that you don't want to happen. And if you want things to happen, then say those words based on the Word of God before the angels and let them go to work on your behalf and do what the Word says. Amen. See, too often we fail to recognize how to get angels involved in our affairs. But look, look at this in the book of Daniel, chapter 10. When you and I speak the Word of God, angels respond to the Word that's spoken. Then said he, this is the angel unto me, Daniel. Fear not, Daniel. Don't you love that? Angels knew his name. For from the first day that you did set your heart to understand and to chasten yourself before thy God. Thy words were heard and I am come for your words. Why did Gabriel show up on Daniel's porch? For his words. For his words. How powerful is that? I have come for your words. So Daniel, when you said, I want to know. When you said, Lord, you held up the word before God and said, this is what the prophet said. Now I want to know. I want to have revelation. I heard those words. I was dispatched from heaven immediately. But the prince of Persia came and interfered with my flight. And as a result, I had to wait for Michael to come and Michael came. It took 21 days as this warfare was taking place. That's why sometimes we get discouraged because it doesn't happen instantaneously. We got to hold fast our confession of faith. We got to stand firm in what we believe and say. We've got to be able to see beyond the natural world and realize that angels are involved and they're out there working for us, they're ministering for us because we're the heirs of salvation. And they are hearkening the voice of the word of God that you and I proclaim that we speak out, that we say, and that they will work on our behalf to see to it that the word of God is realized in our lives. Look at another verse in Daniel chapter 6. Here, look at verse 8. Now O king, Established the decree and signed the writing that it may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Now hold on here. When the heart of a man is established in God and the word of God, even a king's decree is not going to bring him to his knees. It's not going to affect his belief whatsoever. It's not going to change his position. Daniel knew his God. He went up to his room, the windows wide open, the decree says anyone that doesn't bow, doesn't do what the decree says, will be cast into a den of lions. Did that deter him from speaking out boldly? Oh, I'm sure he probably took it up a notch. Don't you think? He said it even louder. Oh, Jehovah God, my God, did you hear the decree that went out? But I will only worship you and you alone will I serve no matter what the king says no matter what his servants say you are my God and I know that if I honor you and love you and obey you and do what your word says to do that you will defend me and fight for me as you said in your word Now imagine that Now I don't know exactly what he said but look at chapter 6 verses 20 through 23 He was thrown into a den of lions And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice, this is the king, unto Daniel. The king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel. What do angels do? Hearken to the voice of the word. And when David was firm in what his belief was. And stayed upon the word. Acted upon the word. See it doesn't mean we're not going to be challenged along the way. It doesn't mean we're going to have people listening. And stirring up trouble. Even devils and demons and all that. But we stand firm on the word of God. And proclaim what the word says. And look at this. My God sent his angel. And hath shut the lion's mouth. That they have not hurt me. For as much as before him. Innocency was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him. Why? Because he believed in his God. You know, every challenge we face in this life is to try to just disturb our faith. This faith just doesn't work and that doesn't work. But beloved, the principles of God's word are true for every single person. doesn't matter who we are. If we'll but believe and speak our faith, we'll get our angels involved in doing some things for us that you never thought possible. I've seen my angel. I've had my angels work for me. It's a wonderful thing. But you've got to speak the word. You've got to proclaim what it says to be true. Well that was Daniel. He was a prophet. Well look at 2 Corinthians 4.13. I know he was a prophet. For some reason we get so mystical when it comes to he's a prophet. He's still a human being. Is he not? Paul here at the church to the church of Corinth says. We having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written. I believed. And therefore have I spoken. How is faith released? Speaking. We also believe. And therefore speak. Jesus didn't say if Daniel says to this mountain. Be thou removed. He said whosoever. Whosoever. That means when you and I speak. The word with authority. From our hearts with our mouths. And refuse to waver in our faith. You've got God's attention. You've got your angels' attention. And they are going to start doing some things, praise God, that we've longed for to happen. But they're going to happen. Can you imagine your angels showing up? Can you imagine like um, Brother Norbert Hayes when he started speaking the word over his daughter's life who was in rebellion? Spoke in such a way that finally an angel, her angel appeared right at the foot of her bed and looked her eyeball to eyeball. And as drunk as she was and as wasted she was on drugs and all that, she became sober and gave her heart back to Jesus when she saw the angel. Beloved, the things of God are supernatural and spiritual. And it takes spiritual laws set in motion to create things, to cause things to happen. Now, God wants all of us to put his word in our hearts and speak his word with our mouths Because he wants to do great and mighty things in and through our lives. Individually, but also collectively as a church body, which is why as we have this time of fasting and prayer, and please don't go off the deep end with fasting. You realize fasting doesn't change God. It doesn't change the devil. It only changes us. You're spending a little bit more time rather than maybe having a lunch And saying, I am just going to speak your word. I'm going to speak your word, Father. This for for a half an hour over this assembly of believers. And over my life and over my family. I say that you're moving within our assembly believers in great power and might I say you're showing yourself strong I say you're manifesting your glory I say you're bowing the heavens unto the earth I say that your healing anointing is increasing I say that signs and wonders and miracles are happening I say that no weapon formed against us will prosper I say that we're knit together enough and you just start saying the word of God can you imagine if everybody in this assembly started saying the word of God I say the fire of God so falls upon this place that people see it from the streets praise God as the glory of God comes down like the fire you see in that picture out there I say it I believe it I decree it I declare it and watch the angels of God go to work hallelujah praise God it's supernatural yes we serve a supernatural God he's not a natural being well here's some thoughts to consider for yourself as an individual I just wrote these out just to throw some things out to us. To give us an example as to how to do it. Have you ever had somebody tell you that you can't do it? Have you ever had the devil tell you you can't do it? Well, Philippians 4.13 is your word to proclaim from your heart with your mouth. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the strength of my life. Instead of sitting back and and receiving all that negativity from the enemy or from people you're just not good enough. You're not going to make it. You can't do it. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. You see I said that once or twice. It's not once or twice. It takes a lot to get inside your heart. Keep on saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it trying to stop trying to get so much head knowledge and start getting some heart faith. There's a big difference between the two. You can have a a, body bible in your head this big and not have any faith materializing in your life but you get one verse of scripture you embrace it you take it i it's personal can it's positive do it's practical all things is pervasive through christ it's providential who strengthens me it's powerful i can do all things through christ who strength it's not my strength it's his strength, it's not my power, it's his power, it's not my mind, it's his might, but I can do it through him, because he's the force behind my life. So don't tell me I can't do it. I can do all things through Christ, who is the strength of my life. The next one: you're not smart enough to get the job done. Well, Jesus has been made me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification and redemption. 1 Corinthians one thirty. "He's my wisdom. Jesus, I'm smart in you, and I'm, I'm going to declare I can do it. You're my strength. You're my wisdom. Next one, you've sinned, and the devil is browbeating you with guilt and condemnation. What do you do? You pull out of your arsenal this one weapon, 1 John 1 9, and you say, I've confessed my sin before the Lord. He's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And therefore I stand cleansed before the throne of Almighty God, in the blood of the land. And you have no power or rule over my life. Declare what it says to be true. Speak it from the heart with your mouth. And you will have what? Whatever you say. God doesn't care is the next one. God doesn't really care about me. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people feel that way. A lot of people think that way. If God really cared about me, this. If God really cared about me, that. Beloved, God cares about you. He moved his son from heaven to the earth to prove he cares about you. But 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, cast all your care upon him because he cares for you watchfully and about you affectionately. So in other words, when you hear those words echoing in your ears, as the devil tells you, maybe even people might tell you, does God really care about you? My God more than cares about me. He cares about me watchfully and affectionately because I'm his son or I'm his daughter. And you start saying what it says and declaring it and decreeing it over and over and over again. Next one. Your life is really not, it's meaningless. It doesn't have much meaning. Oh, really? Well, Jeremiah tells me in Jeremiah 29 verse 11. I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts for good, not for evil, to give you a future, and to give you a hope. In God I have a future, in God I have a hope. Don't try to deceive me into thinking, and then also speaking, my life is meaningless. I'm going nowhere with my life or in my life. As far as I'm concerned, I have no path to take. Stop talking like that. He shines the path of the light of his countenance upon the path of my life. It becomes brighter and brighter more and more to the perfect day. What are we going to have? what we believe in our heart, and say with our mouth. What do I believe? I believe, praise God, that my life has meaning, and God has a plan for my life in Jesus' mighty name. The next one. Oh, your life isn't really that valuable before the Lord. Oh, really? In Matthew chapter 10, verse 30 and 31, it says, even the hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, little flock, You're of greater value than many sparrows. God knows when one sparrow hits the ground and dies. God knows when one of your hairs falls off of your head to the ground. Because they're all numbered. They're all numbered. See at one point I thought that it meant. He knows how many you have. How many hairs you have on your head. Then I came to realize no they're all numbered. Number 4765 just fell out. It's lying there on the ground, and he knows it. Can he be so detailed with us? Can he be so intimate with us? Can he love us so much and consider us to be so valuable in his sight that he knows when one of our hair falls to the ground? That's incredible. Only God can know that. You, you know how many heads of hair are out there in the world? Can you calculate that in your own thinking? And he knows every one. Amazing. So you see, when the entity comes along and just says, you're not that valuable. Oh, really? Man, my God, my father knows every hair on my head by number. Do you know your kids' hair numbers? No wonder he said, how much more does he love you than natural parents love their kids? Because if you really loved your kid, you'd sit down and count the hairs on their head. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we won't go that far. (laughs) I've never thought to do that, have you? But God has. All right, the next one. It's a burden to serve God. Well, I'm glad you said that. Because Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, take up your yoke upon you and learn of me. I'm meek and lowly of heart, you'll find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is? Everybody say light and easy. Not hard and heavy. God doesn't like hard rock or heavy metal. He likes the light and easy music. Slight and easy, then it's God. If it's hard and heavy, it's not Him. It pays to serve the Lord. Amen. So these principles are not that hard if we just believe them and, and declare them. Next one, you'll never have peace. What's your weapon of destruction as far as enemy, enemy is concerned? Isaiah 26.3. What does it say? He'll keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on Him because you trust in Him. Oh, my God keeps me in perfect peace because my mind is stayed on him and I trust in him. Peace I leave with you, Jesus said. My peace I give unto you. Notice, my peace. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. I'm giving you my peace. It's a peace that passes all understanding to keep your heart and keep your mind, to garrison about your entire being, to let you know there's no need to worry, there's no need to fear, or be anxious about anything. And what about the one that says you're never going to recover from your situation? Could be a physical condition or whatever. Well didn't Mark's gospel chapter 16 verse 18 say they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? When the enemy comes along and just says you're not going to recover what are you supposed to say? I am recovering in the name of Jesus. And why are you to say that? Why are you to say that? Because you're going to have whatever you say. And listen to how most people respond when they're prayed for. I was prayed for, but it didn't work. It's not working. What are they having? Exactly what they're saying. Who taught this principle? Jesus did. So set the course for your life for this entire year. Are you going to continue having what you're having? Or do you want to have something different and something better? Something more. Something more exciting. Rewarding. Then what do we need to do? We're not going to change what we're having if we don't change what we're saying. So we've got to believe something and say something to get it. And once again, not one time, not two times you get a hold of that book, you get before God, and you say, this is your solemn word, it is truth, it has to be a reality, as far as I'm concerned I'm going to believe your word above my feelings, above my emotions above my circumstances, above whatever is taking place in my life, you know what, I don't want to say we take credit for this you realize how long we've been saying God is making this a thriving area, not a dying area. He's bringing in businesses large and small. Now, you think he can orchestrate something like that? I believe he's done that. I believe he's doing that and will continue to do that. These jobs are coming in because people like us of faith believed. I have I'm telling you, I have to help people. Stop saying it's a dying area. Stop saying people are moving out and going out elsewhere because they can't find jobs. Guess what? Those who can't find jobs, they've been saying they can't find jobs for years. And they're getting exactly what they've said. What about something like this? My God will make a way where there is no way. He'll make a job for me. He'll make me a way where there is no way because I believe in my heart what I say with my mouth will come to pass. When they told me you can't sell your house in Midland what they said houses haven't sold in two years i got my bible out walked around the perimeter of my house i said oh lord god as long as i live in this house i thank you for it's been a wonderful house i release it to another in jesus mighty name and angels go out and bring me somebody to buy it respectfully and i believe it sold in jesus name and within 30 days the house was sold in two years people around me hadn't sold a house so you could be the caleb or you could be the 10 spies you could be the Joshua or one of the other ten spies. And by the way, the other ten spies died by the plague. Worms ate out their tongues and jaws and their navels, heart and mouth. And God said, as you spoke, so you will have. How about this? It's not, well, you're just going to have it. He said, as you spoke, I will do to you. And what did they say? You brought us out here to die. And guess what happened? They died. But Caleb says, we can do it. So, beloved... This is just a refresher course, a reminder course. It's time for us to rise up on the inside and brush up on our faith tools and just get to a place once again that we just simply believe that if we speak God's word, God will honor it. Let's all stand together before the Lord. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I wanna thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife Krista and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family whether you have young children or kids in elementary school. If you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound and through a life of worship bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world through a ministry of excellence to God first and then also to you. So whatever the situation. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you and God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I opened the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I now accept you and receive you as my personal savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child in Jesus' name, amen. if you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.